0: Hi, I'm Valerie, and you're listening to The Beauty Brains. Welcome to The Beauty Brains, a show where real cosmetic chemists answer your beauty product questions and give you an insider's look at the cosmetic industry. This is episode 313. I'm your host, Valerie George, and with me today is Perry Romanowski. Hi, Perry.
1: Hello, Valerie. Good catch on that uh, twelve and thirteen.
0: Yeah, we are really racking up the episodes, and guess what? What's in that? In just two episodes, it will be my one hundred fiftieth episode with you.
1: Oh wow! Can't Can wait. you believe it? Yeah, that's a that's amazing. Yeah,
0: how many, and it's, how many
1: beauty podcast shows have that many episodes?
0: <laughs> yeah, even just one hundred and fifty, and in seventeen right. episodes, which you know, hopefully, we'll get to uh, before the year is out. I will have done as many episodes as Randy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, so
1: We'll have a big celebration. <laughs>
0: we sure will. Uh, well, on today's show, we're going to celebrate a few questions we have, including what is an aqueous cream? Is the ordinary vitamin C trustworthy? Magical sunbeam eye cream. What about it? And we have a frizzy hair question, but first, inane chit chat.
1: But first, our inane chit chat. Valerie, I heard there was an election and I didn't vote for you, but uh, only because you're not in my area. So, what is this uh, election that you were part of?
0: Well, I was just informed I won the title of Area 3 Director, which someone uh, nominated me to run and called nice. me. And, well, you kind of self nominate, but someone called me and said, Hey, I, I really would love it if you ran. I think you're a good candidate. And I was like, Wow, I never really considered it. And uh, so I ran and I won an Area Director is kind of like hmm, how would you describe this role perry
1: well you're on the board of directors for a variety for a big segment of the united states and we should uh, point out this is of the society of cosmetic chemists the u.s national uh branch i guess it's north america right Except not Mexico, so Canada and U.S.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and basically in my area, Area 3, we have the California Chapter, Intermountain West Chapter, and the Southwest Chapter.
1: Wow, that's a big amount of land. If you don't know the United States, that's a lot of land.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'm super excited to get more involved uh, with the chapters and, you know, just see where this takes me.
1: Well, that is a lot of fun. Almost as much fun as having kittens in your basement.
0: Yeah, how are they doing? Did you capture more?
1: I captured a total of four of the six kittens, and uh, one of them I placed with somebody. The other three I've been having in my basement for the last uh, two plus weeks trying to socialize them. You know, stray cats that you find outside, uh, even kittens, uh, they don't like people. (laughs) it yeah. turns out you gotta Most, teach them to like people. Uh,
0: domesticated cats don't like people
1: right <laughs> well, well they true. secretly do yeah right well yeah they, they do like the food so we're making some progress they don't run away from me and try to scratch my eyes out when I pick them up anymore so that's good oh good and how close are you to getting the other two kitties uh they were here at my house yesterday and I Almost got them, but they're too quick, and I don't have the trap anymore, so I got to get the trap back. So yes, it'll take do. a little time.
0: Yeah. And uh, speaking of Intermountain West Chapter, I mentioned that a second ago. I actually uh, am in Utah as we speak. Have you been here?
1: I have been to Utah, and I've actually spoken there a bit ago, but I go there uh, frequently for skiing in the wintertime.
0: Oh, cool. I did. Oh, I forgot you were a skier. That's right. The yeah, old lip so... balm in your ski
1: jacket. You know, my last name is Romanowski. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: well have fun in utah i uh, hear they uh, have i remember they had small beers so you go to a bar they didn't sell 12 ounces they sold like 11 ounces so i don't know what that's all about but that's what yeah oh
0: <laughs> uh, yeah i'm sure i'm sure my talk will go good i'm sure it'll be fine
1: well we'll have to hear back when uh you, when you come back next time
0: all right well let's head over to some beauty science news <laughs> You know, Perry, I saw this and I immediately thought of you because for a while there, we had the uh, talc lawsuit corner reporting oh, area yeah. of our podcast. And I I want to let you know, I saw this article that Johnson & Johnson said they were ending sales of talc-based baby powder globally in 2023. Preview- previously, I believe it was just North America that they had discontinued or the United sure. States. And now it's everywhere. They're phasing out p- talc 100%. What do you think of that?
1: Are they getting out of the baby powder business or they're just completely replacing it with like their cornstarch version?
0: I think they're completely replacing it with cornstarch.
1: Ah, okay. Or
0: some other version.
1: So they'll still sell Johnson Johnson's baby powder. It's just a completely different formula. Exactly. Well, that's interesting. I imagine the lawsuit and the amount of times that they were found guilty by uh, a jury probably caused them some consternation. Uh, and they weren't. They probably just wanted to get it, get it over with, right?
0: Well, additionally, having a couple formulas can be draining on a business. It's operationally uh, very taxing to have multiple formulas based on global geographies, even for a big brand like J and J. So, good news is they'll be able to consolidate their ingredients and have some more buying power and streamline carrying multiple formulas.
1: Yeah, uh, that's probably why they did it. But I'm sure all of the uh... NGOs and the J and J haters will see it as more nefarious, and saying they finally realized that the cancer was too much or something. But there's, I should remind everyone, there's no evidence that the talc and baby powder actually causes cancer, but that doesn't stop the rumors on the internet.
0: And for now, that segment of our podcast is permanently closed. Hopefully, no more J and J news. What'd you see?
1: I saw the story asking the question: Is scorpion venom the next snail slime? Now, you know, Snail Slime, I remember Snail Slime coming out in like 1995 when I got into the industry.
0: Wow. We
1: were making a big deal about Snail Slime and we kind of mocked it and were like, oh, that seems silly. But now that has totally changed, right? People have really embraced the Snail Slime.
0: You know, it's not for everyone and I'm part of the everyone. <laughs>
1: Yes. Now do you so first of all do you have a problem with the snail piece of it?
0: I am just not into weird textures like that, you know. I'm like I could go without it and be just fine. Um you know it's not a have to have for me in my routine.
1: It doesn't surprise me that people are looking at this because Once you get some sort of biological story, um, you know, Botox is, or is bee venom is the new Botox. Uh, We got snake venom, the snake, we got the snail slime. So now we got scorpion venom and someone's saying, is this the next snail slime?
0: I'd like to know who's asking that question because nowhere in anyone's mind should scorpion venom go anywhere near us. I don't care if you know it's harmless because it's taken out of the scorpion or purified or whatever but it's just no why there's so many other beauty treatments that are going to be just fine
1: i agree with you uh but they say that one liter of the venom the scorpion venom is getting 10 million dollars us (laughs) so one (laughs) liter costs 10 million (laughs) dollars come on oh boy
0: Oh, my God. People are stupid. There's so many other good things that would be just fine.
1: Or you could look at it as marketers are trying to be too clever.
0: Oh, gosh. Well, I don't think we'll be seeing that anytime soon.
1: Yeah, probably not. But if we do, you'll, you've will heard it here first.
0: In other news, uh, we have a s- more celebrity news going on.
1: My friend shared this with me. said... Cardi B is treating her hair with onions. Apparently, she was boiling onions and then uses that to treat her hair to tame frizz. Have you ever heard of this?
0: Well, I've not heard of, of people doing that. Um, but I have heard of onions being used in shampoo products. And I actually think uh, that's very popular in the Middle East, if I remember my um, research correctly. Um, compounds in the onions are thought to be beneficial for skin and scalp
1: it's not surprising you know it was a food source and you Mm -hmm. get a lot of leftover liquid so uh, according to this cardi b she loves to use it it's odorless and gives her shine to her hair i will have to say that i don't see anything in onions that would do that certainly nothing that would do that better than say uh, silicones <laughs> or standard ingredients
0: or a regular plant oil
1: right or plant oil so yeah it's interesting what celebrities try to do but <laughs> this
0: yeah she says that's odorless but her uh she's still gotta cry when she's uh, cutting them up for the water right
1: right right i i can't see any good scientific based reason why you would do this but hey maybe it's a fun hobby for cardi b
0: yeah. And then um, another celebrity launch, uh, at least it was just announced, that Stella McCartney launches her own clean beauty line with LVMH.
1: Is that Paul McCartney's daughter or wife or some some relation to it?
0: Uh, you know, I feel like I should know that, especially if it is the case, because Mr. Cosmetic Chemist is in the music industry. Sure. And he would be mortified if I didn't know that.
1: And you're also the uh, pop culture reference expert on the show. So so we look to you. Now, if you want to know something about the 1980s, I am your man.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Now, I know Stella McCartney is a fashion designer. That I do know. Um, But, you know, I'm actually surprised uh, she doesn't have her own skincare line yet. I, I was actually kind of surprised to see this. I do know that she's had perfumes in the past. So I think, hey, why isn't she already in beauty? And I, I guess now she is.
1: Ah, yes. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and you know that makes sense? She is the daughter of Sir Paul McCarthy and uh, Linda McCarthy. So, yeah, she well, does have a ex- Beatles tie in there.
0: Explains how she probably got a leg up on getting in the fashion, fashion industry. But also, good news, Mr. Cosmetic Chemist does not listen to this show because <laughs> he... He would be disappointed in me.
1: Well, we will edit it to make it seem like you knew all along.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. And I think we had one more news article uh, where, according to Global Cosmetic Industry Magazine, we know it as GCI Magazine, they report that Kardashians dominate the celebrity beauty space. And you may be thinking, duh, I could have told you that. But it actually comes from an official-ish study
1: yeah, the study uh, Style Craze. They mm-hmm. look at celebrity brands ranked mostly by popularity on social media. And they reported a beauty score based on things like Instagram followers, search volume, average likes on their posts, their hashtags, and mentions. And top of the list is Kylie Jenner. And then way behind her at a beauty score of. 23 she had a score of like 42 next is uh selena gomez her a rare beauty but then the other Kardashian, kim Kardashian, is up there and also kylie jenner is up there so they that's how it comes that the Kardashians are dominating social media celebrity beauty brands
0: wow no surprise
1: Gwyneth Paltrow also makes the list, as okay. does Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown, she's the one from uh, Stranger Things.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: And there is a there is a a male brand up there.
0: Mm. Harry Styles. Styles. Yay! Oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, very cool. Good for Harry.
1: So there you go. The Kardashians continue to monetize their uh, social media, uh, and that's done through beauty brands, and which is not surprising because. Beauty brands and Instagram kind of go together. You need need the, if you can't touch it and smell it, you you can at least see it. And that works well for beauty brands.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, let's head over to our beauty questions,
1: shall we? Sure. First question comes to us from Nadia. She says, in the UK and Ireland, there is a popular product called Aqueous Cream. I had never heard of it before moving here. What is it exactly? They're generally very cheap and come as store brand products. I use the one from Superdrug. They're used as moisturizers, but the tub claims that it can be used in lieu of body soap. Mm. Had you ever heard of these aqueous creams before?
0: I have not heard of them. Have you?
1: No, I had not heard of them before either. Uh, So uh, I took a little digging and, uh, you know, they came up pretty quickly. Looking at the formula, I pretty much know what this is, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, mean, basically it's, you know, water, an emulsifier of sorts, Uh, SLS, sodium lauryl sulfate, and ceteril alcohol are acting as the emulsifier. And then you have petrolatum as an emollient along with uh, mineral oil and then the preservative system. Pretty simple stuff.
1: Yeah. So it's... It's an emulsion of petrolatum and mineral oil, and uh, that's pretty much it.
0: Yeah, and it claims it can be used in lieu of a body soap because of the sodium lauryl sulfate in there. I'm guessing.
1: Yeah, although I would say I wouldn't trust it as a body no. soap. <laughs> so <laughs> I so many... wouldn't
0: reach first for it.
1: Right. This is more of a moisturizer.
0: Yeah, but I guess if you had, like, greasy hands or, yeah. um, you know, like you were out working on the car or in the yard... I think it'd be a good like first
1: wash it's a good oil cleanser like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think I think I agree with you there, uh, but as far as moisturizers goes, this reminds me of a like a watered down version of vaseline,
0: literally a watered down version of vaseline <laughs> has water in it,
1: <laughs> exactly, well, Vaseline doesn't have mineral oil and it's just petrol atom, but yeah, this one true. I think is like supposed to be like fifteen percent. Petrolatum, or or some some of them had some numbers related to it. Well, very cool. It's not surprising. These, you know, even in the U.S., uh, petrolatum is listed as a a drug active for uh, skin protectants. So I would imagine this would be, uh, you know, a a fairly greasy product, but it probably works pretty well.
0: Yeah, and I I think the reason it has the name aqueous in it again is because water is present. So technically. Um, you know, like a cold cream might not have water in it. Um, but this cream does. Well, our next question comes to us from Claire.
1: Claire says, Hi, beauty brains, thank you for taking my question. My question today is about vitamin C. Oh, everybody's favorite, right?
0: Eh? <laughs> yep, my favorite.
1: There are a lot of vitamin serums on the market and I would like to know what to look for when choosing a vitamin C product. For instance, SkinCeuticals, CE Ferulic, is the most popular brand, but the price is quite hefty. The ordinary vitamin C suspension, 23%, is much more affordable, but is it trustworthy? Thank you for answering my question. I love the show. Well, if you guys are new to the podcast... You may know that uh, vitamin
0: C is a topic that comes up often, and not just because you, our fans, are curious about it, and it's a really much-talked-about ingredient. I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, our, our fans poke the bear a little bit, and the bear is Perry <laughs> in this case, because Perry is not a fan of vitamin C. Uh,
1: you know, I like it in orange juice, uh, <laughs> and it's good for I preventing- like it in my skin creams good for preventing scurvy (laughs) yeah (laughs) no uh, vitamin c is an ingredient that a lot of people a lot of people like i personally am skeptical that it's making much of a difference when delivered from standard skin creams but people can disagree on these sorts of things as as lots of people do but before we talk about that let's talk about what is vitamin c doing on your skin anyway
0: well, basically, it's a biological active form of ascorbic acid. And in the body, you know, Perry mentioned vitamin C is good for preventing scurvy. It's actually required for preventing scurvy. It's a an essential vitamin that we need. Um, but really what it's doing is it's an antioxidant that neutralizes damaging free radicals. And in skincare, you're probably not going to find vitamin C on a label. It's not called that. You'll find it as ascorbic acid, or maybe you'll find it in more stabilized versions of the compound like ascorbal palmitate, magnesium ascorbal phosphate, tetrahexadecyl ascorbate, and so forth.
1: Yeah, there's uh, lots of versions. And the reason there are lots of versions is because in a formula, ascorbic acid just left on its own accord would quickly oxidize. And by the time you got it, to your, from the store shelves to your home, all of the vitamin C would have been oxidized and sort of inactive to be a neutralizing agent uh, or an antioxidant. And then you are just left with a regular cream, which is probably what a lot of vitamin C's on the markets are. So we create these more stable versions. Unfortunately, the more stable versions also don't work as well.
0: Exactly, once it's oxidized, it's gone and it's no longer useful. So it's really important to use a properly formulated product or to use a, a stabilized, stabilized version of it. In the case of ascorbic acid, it is the most um, unstable form. It's also the most uh, biologically active form. And you can use it in ways where it's rendered stable. An example would be the SkinCeutical CE Ferulic Serum on the market. It actually has a patent and the patent is using a combination of vitamin E with ferulic acid to stabilize the vitamin C, the ascorbic acid in it. I believe it's a 15% ascorbic acid solution. And so other companies aren't able to do that unless they're in violation of the patent or they've licensed it. So it's pretty unique on the market. And so you are getting the 15% ascorbic acid in this serum. And the reason that's important is because 15% is really kind of the minimum amount of ascorbic acid you need for it to be biologically active and have any benefit topically in skincare according to studies.
1: Yeah, uh, and speaking of it in products, the ingredient is claimed to work for a few different things like it's going to reverse UV damage, which makes sense because one of the things that UV does is create free radicals. And that's what's causing damage in your skin, and so the vitamin C will theoretically squelch those free radicals and prevent further damage. It's also used in skin aging to affect wrinkles. Uh, It's been said to use for treating acne, and it's also for skin lightening effects. Those are some of the things it's claimed to work for. There's some evidence. uh, Whether that's convincing to everybody or not is still debatable, but. There's, that's what the ingredient is used for in topical products.
0: Yeah, and as Perry mentioned, it's very difficult to formulate with. I think, you know, when that SkinCeuticals patent ends, I think a lot of companies will come out with this type of version and maybe compounds related to ferulic acid, just because it is uh, it's pretty unique in that it's stabilized. You know, whether or not the ordinary is stable or not, you know, I'd have to check the formula. But typically, what brands will do is they'll put ascorbic acid into uh, an anhydrous system where water can't be present to solubilize the ascorbic acid and, and catalyze its activity. So m- maybe it is stable. 23%, you know, a good number if you look at what's working in the ascorbic acid studies. You know, are you going to notice a difference over the ordinary in skin skinceuticals? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Probably not. Maybe.
1: Depends on what you're using it for.
0: Yeah, and skin it's it's really pricey. It's like 125 for a little Whoa. bottle. It's
1: Whoa. you know, yeah. so
0: I I probably would pick up the ordinary to be honest.
1: Try it out first. Yeah, I was just looking at. It. They say that it's a 23 uh, percent suspension of pure L ascorbic acid, and it's supposed to be in hyaluronic acid spheres. It would be curious to see how long how much of that 23 uh, percent ascorbic <laughs> acid is still around by the time it gets uh, yeah. into your stair shelf. So. Is it yeah. trustworthy? You know, the the ordinary, they make decent products. So I would say as, as things go, they're trustworthy. Whether you're going to see a huge benefit from the vitamin C, who knows. Uh, but there is a lot of humectants and, and other ingredients in there. So it might make your skin feel good.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it it's fine. Is that what you say, Perry? I'm sure it works just fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, that is what I say. Yeah. I'm being polite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, our next question is an audio question. We sure do love those audio questions. We prioritize them on the show. So if you want your voice heard on the podcast and want your question pushed ahead of others, uh, just be sure to send us the audio question by recording it on your smartphone and emailing it to thebeautybrains
1: at gmail.com. All right, here is our audio question.
0: Hi, Valerie. Hi, Perry. Love the show. Lisa here from Southern California. I'm wondering what you think about the Sunbeam Magical Eye Cream. This apparently can make terrible bags under the eyes disappear within seconds, making you look like you're 18 again. I don't believe it and uh, want to know what you think. I believe this has some sort of active that just tightens the skin, but want to know your thoughts. Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear.
1: Well, thank you for that question.
0: Yeah, thanks, Lisa. Perry, this eye cream is feeling a little familiar to me. Have we heard about
1: this one before? I, I didn't see any questions asking about this previously.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess the results, which uh, by the way, are clearly photoshopped on the internet are... <laughs> are too good to be true that's just my instinct could could I be right
1: I think uh, that is not a bad guess (laughs) you know whenever you see well I don't know why they use the word magic in there (laughs) it's
0: It's science it's not magic come on sure
1: sure well yeah look at the yeah I'm looking at this uh, online store that sells it they show this picture of this woman beginning after using it for a little while and it's supposed to be really impressive it it, it it's not that impressive it looks like all of these pictures were taken the same day but they just changed the lighting
0: yeah you know we've seen a couple eye creams like this before where uh someone's applying it and within seconds their under eye circles or bags or wrinkles or whatever just magically disappear
1: Yeah, I vaguely recall some sort of TikTok thing or Instagram craze thing, I think sometime last year or something.
0: Yeah. And we're here to tell you that if something is working that fast, it is not a permanent solution. It's not something that really works. It has to be something that's working topically on the skin to create an illusion that the appearance of your under eye circles, bags, wrinkles, whatever, have Uh, disappeared it's really just um an illusion
1: yeah and i will say it it is doing something as you put a film on the skin and that film it shrinks up like a shrinky dink and that gives the tightening (laughs) and so it can give you a a visual look uh uh, that seems like it's tightening your skin and it will and then you wash it off and your skin is back to what it was
0: um shrinky dink that's funny oh my
1: god (laughs) Did you ever do Shrinky Dinks when you were a kid?
0: Yeah. I mean, but it's kind of like what, they, what they're doing, right? So yeah. <laughs> again, too good to be true. I actually had a really hard time finding ingredients for this online to verify what was in it and how it's working. That's also usually a red flag. Uh, but when I was online, I did notice all the negative one-star Amazon reviews. Ah, well, there you go. <laughs> they're one-worded or two-worded. Sucks. Doesn't work. This stinks. All that kind of stuff. Pretty funny. Wow,
1: that's that's yeah. not good for business.
0: No, I mean they have some five star reviews too. Um, sure, sure. But yeah, who knows uh, what's in it? Uh, again, I had a hard time finding ingredients other than other bloggers talking about the aloe in it or that kind of stuff. So, but I can tell you, Lisa, it's probably not permanent.
1: Yeah. Anyway, and if. That is a good point when, if you're asking us about products, uh, usually we'll we'll just use the name and see if we can find the ingredient list or Valerie's probably got it in her bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I do not. I would not buy this product. No, I'm just saying a question that somebody might ask in the future. But it always helps if you could give us a link to uh, the product ingredient list uh, so we can help answer these questions more quickly. I did see that Charlotte Tilbury was... Uh, sending her on her magic eye rescue eye cream so
0: oh you got that ad too
1: it's branching out yeah <laughs> i did yeah. get that ad too so.
0: okay so let me go through the um only actives that i could find you know i couldn't find a real ingredient list online i could only find another bloggers article um where they're talking about the beneficial ingredients and it's made majorly from organics ingredients and it's uh, aloe vera,
1: okay. sodium
0: hyaluronate, which, you of know, course. are two very uh, humectant, hydrating ingredients. Okay. Deer yeah. collagen.
1: Oh, By the
0: way, collagen is great for skin. I, I do just want to say that. Um, not from a sure. uh, rebuild your collagen standpoint, but it's actually very moisturizing and hydrating for skin and hair. And, and I would say
1: topical, not necessarily stuff you ingest.
0: Yeah, and I remember my uh, mentor, who's no longer with us, would always say he misses the days when you could use bovine collagen in oh. cosmetics. He was like, "That was the best stuff." Uh, it has <laughs> avena sativa extract, which is o extract also great for skin, and sure. ceramide one, which is one of the uh, essential ceramides that's made up of our uh, made up in our skin. But none of these ingredients are going to provide drastic results like
1: that. Hmm. Yeah. I did find some ingredients for the Sunbeam Smile Eye Cream. I'm not sure if this is the same product, but they have second-generation crocodile oil in the product. <laughs> what
0: is second-generation croc? It's only the know. crocodile oil of children crocodiles.
1: <laughs> I don't know what it is, but apparently it's an anti-wrinkle formula that prevents young aging. Hmm. So- yeah.
0: Instinct Does that mean you're not is not
1: going to go backwards in age. Or
0: <laughs> my instinct is this is product is probably not going to work in the way we think it works based on the lack of availability of the true ingredient list and all of the wackadoodle ingredients in there.
1: <laughs> there is there is some wackadoodly in there.
0: Oh my gosh, second generation crocodile. I've never heard of that.
1: <laughs> so you have a crocodile and How do you get the second generation? (laughs) Because the first generation that you caught came from somewhere else. And is it
0: like the oil from their skin?
1: I hope not, right? This isn't (laughs) vegan. Uh, It It
0: definitely wouldn't be vegan, especially with the deer collagen in it.
1: Right. That's right.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, we have time for one more question.
1: Before we get to that, though, I will say if the magical Sunbeam eye cream people want to send the product to Valerie to try out, just contact the show.
0: (laughs) I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the first time I've turned out a product. I'm good. Oh, boy. Yeah.
1: All right. This last question comes to us from Abby. She says, I have coarse, frizzy hair, and I know that moisture is what causes the hair to frizz. As soon as I step out of my home, my hair gets frizzy, but it's if I stay at home, it's manageable. Many say that it's because of the relative humidity and suggest that I get a humidifier, but isn't it true that... With the humidifier, the air will still the hair will still swell up and become frizzy. Is it a good practice to follow? And what is your opinion of the color? Wow, dream coat for frizzy hair. All right, Valerie. Frizz. Do yeah. you have any experience with frizz and hair?
0: <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sometimes I look at myself in a mirror and I say, I can't believe my hair looks like that on a conference call because I have all this little curly baby frizz around my you know, the hair that frames my face. And
1: sure the- yeah,
0: I I have to deal with it. Yeah. Well, let's un- unpack this because there's a couple things going on. First, yes, moisture causes your hair to frizz. It, um, anytime ambient humidity changes, the amount of water transfer into the hair changes and causes your hair to change conformation. So-
1: Well, you know what's in- interesting about that? We looked at frizz on tresses. And okay. what we found was the reason that it curls up is that, the damage on the fiber is not equivalent, right? So maybe yeah. one side of the fiber will uh, have cuticles stripped off and it absorbs water more readily, while the other side stays kind of moisture-free. And when that happens, when one side is absorbing more than the other side, that starts to curl up the hair fiber. We had this whole demonstration with the uh, different density sponges, and it, it showed exactly how frizz causes that curling effect, but it's an unequal absorption of water on the different sides of the fiber.
0: Wow, very cool. Well, that's exactly what is happening. And when you go inside your house and the humidity is, you know, a little bit drier, I would say, than outside, your hair is going to look more manageable as it's happening to you. But when you go outside, it's going to get frizzy. It wouldn't make sense to use a humidifier at home, unless you wanted your hair to look the same inside and outside. You're right. If you get this humidifier for your living room or whatever, your hair's just going to be frizzy inside and you're going to have a bad hair day at home. So I definitely wouldn't do that. I, and, you know, it's too hard to control too. Um, you know, if, you know, your AC is running, and gets a tiny bit more humid. It's, it's really something that's very difficult to control. The only thing you can do is put products on your hair that prevent the water from going through the hair and usually that's some silicone type serum
1: yeah get a nice thin coating on there and speaking of silicone serum thus the color wild question
0: yeah this is actually a really nice product it's a aqueous spray we talked about aqueous creams earlier it's an aqueous spray uh, so it's water-based sure. and it has uh, two really nice uh, silicones present in it polysilicone 29 and silicone quaternium 18 do you know these perry
1: I am familiar with the uh, Quaternium 18, having used that in a conditioner formula previously.
0: Oh, wow. Back in your Tresemme days?
1: Yeah, back in my Tresemme days. I have not used the polysilicone 29, however.
0: See, I've... No, I've actually used the uh, silicone Quaternium 18 as well. But the uh, polysilicone 29 is a really cool silicone. I actually for years, uh, presented to marketing concepts with this silicone because I thought it was very cool. This silicone is a functionalized silicone, meaning it's not a silicone like dimethicone that's just going to coat and lubricate the hair. It's functionalized to actually stick to damaged hair and also repel water and provide heat protection as well. That's an ancillary benefit, uh, but it's really designed to repel water. It's super cool. Um, so perfect for this product being an anti-frizz product. It's going to prevent that ambient atmospheric water from entering the hair because this polysilicone is going to be attached to the hair and preventing that migration of water in.
1: And they also have the uh, good slug of dipropylene glycol in there, which is a yeah. humectant. I guess that could help to regulate water so it's uh, more consistent uh, among the hair, and that's going to help. With the frizz, but really, those two silicones are doing the majority of the work here.
0: Yeah, and I've used the product before; it's it's really nice, so I do recommend it to try it. Uh, but if you're not interested in using this, and then I uh, I think you do have to heat style your hair with it, or it's I think you get best results when you heat style with it. I would recommend just using a silicone serum, um, and there's plenty of silicone serums that you can use whether your hair is fine or coarse. Uh, you can get different uh, weights of silicones and get something really nice.
1: Yeah, and all of those are pretty much uh, silicone or dim- a blend of dimethicone and cyclomethicone to some varying degree.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, so we say color wow, thumbs up for the color wow dream coat. Yeah, I would recommend it. Oh, there you go. I, yeah. Incidentally, the product is put on. So this is a leave-on product. So it's put on. You shampoo, your conditioner, and then you spray it on. So it's a styling product, I guess.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But again, if you're not going to heat style, I, I would recommend a silicone serum and your hair should uh, do a lot better.
1: Well, thanks for the question, Abby.
0: Oh my gosh, Perry, do you hear that? The cats oh. are meowing. <laughs> at, that's all the time we have.
1: <laughs> they are. I'm to have to go down there. They're going to want their food.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: <laughs> These guys. I only have them <laughs> till the end of the month though. And uh, then uh, go, they go to the shelter to get adopted away.
0: Well, I hope you get those other two just in time.
1: I do too. Well, thank you all for listening. Hey, if you get a chance, can you go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review? That's going to help other people find the show and ensure we have a full docket of beauty questions to answer.
0: Don't forget, if you have a question, just record it on your smartphone and email it to us at thebeautybrains at gmail.com so you can hear your voice on the show.
1: Also, the Beauty Brains are on Patreon, and if you want to ensure that you get your question answered in the priority above other people, and also keep the show ad-free, head on over to patreon.com thebeautybrains and subscribe. We thank all of our patrons. You helped to keep the show going, and you helped it to be free for the rest of the world. You also help us to stay uh, completely unbiased because we don't have to do promotional uh, questions <laughs> or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Also, I'm sure,
1: I'm sure the magic, uh, the magic skit, sunbeam eye cream people, uh, <laughs> we'll buy some ad roll on here. <laughs> we don't have enough patrons, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, we might have to do that. Also, don't forget to follow us on our various social media accounts. On Instagram, we're at the Beauty Brains 2018. On Twitter, we're at the Beauty Brains, and we have a Facebook and TikTok page.
1: All right. Well, uh, thanks again for joining us on the show. It was great to see you, Valerie.
0: Great to see you, Perry, as well. And remember, everyone, be burning about your beauty. Thanks, everyone. Kittens.